I'm Glenn Southam and welcome to the podcast that shares the challenges, successes and advice of marketing professionals working in recruitment. You also get to find out their favourite swear word. You can find me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Southam and the podcast website can be found at thelonelymarketers.com, the no strings network for marketers in recruitment. This is The Lonely Marketer Show. Let's get going. Hello everyone, welcome to The Lonely Marketer. Today I am in the City of London at another WeWork, unsurprisingly, with Amelia Sordell, who is a B2B marketing manager at Finley James. Um, she's kindly travelled down from the Midlands to be with us today. Uh, so welcome, Amelia. Thank you, Glenn. <laughs> um, and, you know, Finley James are an international recruitment business. I think you said about 60-odd people. Um, yeah, and you're, about. <clears throat> and you got, you're one of three, four marketing people because you have like an intern program and things like that. Um, so it'd be really good to, you know, find out about your experiences. Um, you're doing a lot of content at the moment. I want to mm-hmm. dig into a couple of the topics that you've spoke about there as well. Um, but to kick off, and I said it before we started recording, B2B, marketing manager and recruitment. You don't see that very often. No, it's a it's an interesting one, and I think in most agencies, certainly that I've come across, there's normally just one person, and it, they do everything. Yep. So it's like look after the LinkedIn, <laughs> do job ads for people, Get manage the social media, done. PowerPoints, etc. Yeah, so yeah, this is something that's kind of happened very recently. Actually, we've not always had two people in mm-hmm. the business. Um, we recently had Andy, who's our CCO, join us, and he is now heading up, um, obviously, the commercial side and marketing also reports into him. Well, he's got a good personal brand himself, hasn't yeah, he, with his videos? Yeah, he's unbelievable. I knew who he was before yeah. he even joined the business, so that says speaks volumes to, to who he is as a person. Um, so, yeah, so we now have, um, he works with us, obviously, but myself um, being the B2B marketing manager, so I focus on a lot of um, inbound mm-hmm. um, content and... Um, client attraction pieces, ebooks, etc., all that kind of stuff, and then everything else that comes with being a marketing manager in general. And then my colleague Emma is the B2C marketing manager, so she focuses on um, candidate stuff, um, you know, attraction pieces, that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's a nice split. Um, we obviously get involved in each other's work all the time. Like yeah, two people to. still is not enough to look <laughs> after. Um, it's never enough, never no, enough marketers. Never ending <laughs> job. It's like having a million tabs open at once and flipping between them. But um, we get involved with each other's work all the time, but we work very well as a team. Um, yep. We offset each other's kind of strengths and weaknesses. So we're a good team. And um, you work from home quite a lot. I do, well. yeah. And how do you... Um, you know, obviously, that's Finley James's kind of culture as well. They've encouraged you to do that after having children and things. Yeah. But how how do you find that as a challenge, or do you enjoy it, or is it good and b- bad parts in both? It's probably good and bad, actually. Yeah. I, I mean, we were talking about this just before we started recording. I love working in an office, and I think as a marketing person, particularly in a recruitment agency, you have to be boots on the ground. Like yeah. if if consultants don't see you all the time they don't really understand your function and what you do every day so i think it's important to be in front of them and also from a particularly b2b perspective you need to understand what your consultants are working on and who they're working with in order to then facilitate the campaigns that you're going to run to get more of those people um so there's that side and i love working in office i love i mean i'm such a talker i think if you're in recruitment you're a talker anyway so being in a social environment is important um but on the flip side as you said i've got two young children so being able to work from home and um doing a lot of my work from home enables me to do bedtime and all that kind of stuff which is really important to me and 
Finlay James has been fantastic. Like they really recognise the importance yeah. of having a. I don't want to say balance because I hate the word. I was word just about balance. to say that because I saw your video about you. You hated the phrase work-life I hate balance. It. I think it's su- like excuse my French. I think it's bullshit. Like yeah. it's, there is no such. No one goes right. It's five o'clock. I'm going to leave. See you later. I'm not taking any more emails. No more calls. It doesn't work like that. You have to. And if it does, those people don't last in businesses very long anyway. (laughs) You have to recognise that, yes, people, you know, work hard, um, but you need to trust them that they're going to be able to do the work without you kind of encouraging Mm. them to work too much or not enough or, yeah, work-life blend is what it's all about. Like, everyone takes emails after work hours, everyone takes phone calls after work hours, but I think it's... Treating people like adults, isn't it? Like adults. 50% employees, 50% employers we all need to work together to figure out a way to live our lives harmoniously without this balance because it doesn't exist. Like, it's just no, not. no. Mobile doesn't. technology, we can work from anywhere. Like even I was in Italy for three and a half weeks and I was working. So It's about having those clear outcomes of what Correct, every yeah. single person and the business as a whole needs to achieve yeah. in whatever time scale you, you define, yeah, exa- isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And how you get there, Output, does it matter? Input. Yeah. I often say that when I'm when I'm kind of talking about technology and you know, you'd have it as well. So many technology suppliers will come to you and they'll bombard you uh, with all the, the coding and everything that goes behind it. But ultimately I say, look, can it deliver the results? Yeah. Because I don't care if it's made with yeah. a bit of stone and chisel, if it can get me those works, results. then let's do it. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Um, and you used to be a consultant as well back I in the did, day. Yeah. Boo. I know. <laughs> I find people are very like funny about that. They're like, "Oh, you're you were a recruiter and now you're marketing." Like, it's, it's happened quite a lot. It does. Happen I know quite it does happen, but yeah. I do feel like like I've listened to a couple of podcasts yeah. around the rec- marketing space, yeah. and a lot of people are like, "Oh, you know, if you were a recruiter, you can't do marketing." I'm like, "What?" Like, if anything, I think you need to under like recruitment marketing is such a tricky job because. Yeah. You know, in most cases, obviously my title is B2B, but in most companies you have B2B marketing and that's your strategy. There's not many marketing positions where you're B2B, B2C and like employer branding candidate attraction (laughs) as well. Like juggling all those things is ridiculous. Like if you tried to explain that to someone else, in my opinion, from any other industry, if they're in marketing, they'd be like, what? (laughs) So (laughs) I think having that recruitment background, I get what the consultants need. I get what our clients need. I understand the commercial aspect of it. I'm not just here to do like cute brochures or, you know, post stuff on Instagram. I want things to perform and bottom line have a difference. What made you make the change? Um, Didn't really enjoy recruitment. No, I loved it. <laughs> okay. No, I, I'm I'm very you know as I said, love love working with people. Yeah. Um, I'm very commercially minded. Prior to going to recruitment, I have my own business, so yeah. um, you know all about numbers. I'm not very good at maths, but I you know if it's going up, it's a good sign. <laughs> pay someone else to yeah, do that it, for it, you. Precisely, exactly. Yeah, um, I, yeah it, was, it was one of those things. I was getting pretty good figures on the board. Um, you know, always above target. Um, ended the year really my first year in recruitment like smashed it and no one could understand why I was doing such good numbers but made like three calls a day <laughs> like I used to get pulled up all the time like Amelia like you're doing three you have the worst call cool. rate out of everyone in the business but I was like yeah but I'm billing X amount of money a month Comes and again, I, does it matter again yeah. does it matter and my boss at the time was just like you do whatever you need to do to get whatever you need to get done I don't care like yeah. you just do what you need to do which was a godsend <laughs> like he he honestly was one of the best bosses I've had he's now gone and done his own thing which is really cool and we're still in touch which is great um, but yeah I just found that what I was doing was marketing 
I wasn't do I wasn't doing what everyone else was doing. I was doing things like sending emails to like like obviously I was a bit naive maybe but sending emails to like CEOs of like Fortune 500 companies like oh did you see this company was acquired like what do you think about this and they, I was getting responses from people <laughs> yeah. and at the time well it's better, better than saying oh I've got this great candidate look at this CV exactly <laughs> exactly and at the time my sort of thing was why would they care about my candidate they've got access to those candidates what they will care about is that I'm interested in their industry so that was my kind of in and actually before I'd even done any training of recruitment, I'd already got my first client on who was still a client of ours on retainer okay. now. Yeah. So it worked. So that's kind of what led me down the garden path of marketing. Okay. Yeah, it, it's good though. And, you know, there's a lot of talk and so, this irks me sometimes about recruiters should be marketers. Yeah. And, and thing. Look, because there are, there are different skill sets. You know, there, there's no way you could do as much as you do now from a marketing point of view if you were still a recruiter and, sure. that, and that's why for sure you're doing marketing but your role i can imagine I'm, i may be putting words in your mouth here is that you're enabling the recruiters to do a lot more of that stuff exactly. and you can say look i know it works i was in your shoes i know yeah. it worked yeah. and i think that helps with the internal buy-in piece as well yep. um certainly one of the and i know it's been mentioned on your podcast before i think yeah. billy humphreys from mrl yeah. like literally today i think yeah, it yeah. came out didn't it um was talking about that that challenge of getting internal buy-in and I think for me having been a recruiter I, I wouldn't say automatically get respect but I get I certainly feel a lot more respected because they know that I've been in their shoes Jeez, like yeah. I know how hard it is I think recruitment's one of the hardest sales jobs in the world because your product being people could just decide not to be sold or they can disappear <laughs> or they can go and sell yeah. themselves to someone else so yeah it's a really hard job and I think understanding fundamentally the highs and lows of that position is really important for marketers whether you've got recruitment experience or not like if you're working in recruitment marketing you need to understand what your consultants or talent acquisition team are going through on a daily basis yeah. and how, how do you how do you approach that finding it out is it just literally just having the conversations yeah I think also it's having relationships internally like yeah. as I said like boots on the ground even if I'm not here physically mm -hmm. I do have relationships with a lot of people in the business on quite a personal level and I think yeah. that's important not just from you know enjoying your work perspective but understanding what they need yeah. um, from you as a marketeer because ultimately your job is to facilitate sales yeah. so because yeah if, so, if someone's feeling like a even a bit down and you've got that personal relationship and you can dig into you know yeah. what's wrong etc etc and then you ask that why question a few times then you get to the, the yeah, nub of the it real, and yeah, the real, you can really yeah. get to it and also that plays into that employer branding piece and candidate experience piece which I'm super passionate about like yep. my obviously my as I said B2B title go and find Amelia's videos on LinkedIn <laughs> if, if you can find them at the time of the recording there seems to be some weird glitch about finding videos on LinkedIn but go and find Amelia's videos on yeah. LinkedIn I think my URL is um, a recruitment marketing manager on I LinkedIn so find me and let me know yeah. what you think yeah um what is I'm it very about vocal. employer branding then i don't know i don't know what it is i think i think i don't know whether it's because i've worked as a recruiter and i've seen so many companies do it poorly mm. and also so many companies do it well it's because companies fake it that's that's it's the reason so isn't it nailed you've nailed it yeah. it's because it's <laughs> fake i'm all about authenticity and i think that's part of the reason why i've become quite vocal on video about how what I think and my opinions and stuff <laughs> because you said I'm, you were saying it a lot internally and yeah, you weren't yeah, yeah. doing it much and now exactly you're exactly it. so being authentic I think is the number one rule in any kind of sales or marketing because people see through that 
mm. particularly with millennials and Gen Z, like they don't want, they don't believe corporate marketing tactics anymore. Mm. Um, they're a lot more savvy. So you, I think you need to, you, your messaging needs to be bang on with what your feeling is internally, both from a client branding side and an employer branding side. Because I mean, I certainly know as a customer, if I heard, you know, a company's employer brand was X and their client brand was completely different, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't buy from them. Like I think people are a lot more interested in how people treat their employees and they, and nowadays. Anyway, they f find out very quickly as well, isn't it? You know, we the recruitment industry um, as a whole hires a lot of people yeah. all of the time, and it loses a lot of people. Yeah, you know, probably just just as quick in in some cases. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is that's a lot of that's down to that inauthenticity where um, where you give an impression of a business and how great it is and then the reality and and you'll know from the first hour of joining mm. the business when you're sitting at a desk whether whether you've been sold apart yeah not, and then you're straight off on the on the bad foot and as soon as, as soon as another opportunity comes or you know someone has a go at you for for only making three calls a day um, you know they'll be off yeah because let's be honest about it very very few people join the recruitment industry because they want to be a recruiter in the first place so, so we're already we're already fighting a losing battle in yeah. some cases and i think ultimately we're all salespeople, so yeah. part of that is detrimental because you oversell stuff at interview like you'll have guys being like you'll be going to las vegas like you'll be yeah. taking over 100k year one like all yeah, this kind yeah, of stuff yeah. and <laughs> when you're fresh out of uni you're like oh this sounds great but actually that's not the reality. I think it's great to have a goal and to have a vision and talk about what success looks like and all that kind of stuff. But I do think you need to have a warts and all conversation as well and actually prepare people for what it really is like in recruitment because it's yeah. not a walk in the park. It's peaks and troughs. There will be like the most, uh, this, this is stuck in my mind um, the, for the rest of my life. My manager, when I first started at Finlay James said to me, within the first six months, there will be a couple of weeks where you think, I fucking hate recruitment. I want yeah, to leave, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the worst decision I've ever made. Yeah. He was like, you'll have a couple of deals fall out and you will literally be like, I want to quit. He was like, if you can push through that and come out the other side, you'll love this industry for the rest of your life. And he's bang on. Mm. I, can't, I Literally within six months came, it was virtually to the week six months came. And I had like three massive deals drop out. I had like 60K just wiped off my, my board. Yeah. And I just thought, I've been plugging at these for so long. What am I doing wrong? And I could see everyone around me doing well. And I was like, this is not for me. And, and I remembered what he said, push through it and then finish the year on like 120% or something. Yeah. Well, it might not have been that much, 100 something percent. But yeah, it, it, you need to recognize whether you're thinking about a role in recruitment or whether you're someone who interviews people for roles in recruitment, you need to equip yourself or these people with what the reality is like. Yeah, and I think that goes the same for for marketing as yeah. well, you know, marketers within recruitment, um, there's there's not not many people who have, well certainly stuck around as long as me, like 15, 15 years. I can probably count that on kind of one, maybe one and a half hands. But again, it comes to the same reasons: is you you get those changes, you get those pushbacks from consultants. You might not have the buy-in from the leadership, but the responsibility is is on you to yeah. to come up with ideas and demonstrate impact on marketing can have and then you get so much more joy out of it when yeah. someone brings up otherwise you get stuck on that hamster wheel of just churning out you know shit 
shit yeah. content, PowerPoints, you know, updating jobs on websites, and no yeah. one wants to do that. No one wants to do that in no. any job, do they? And that's, a, that's, that's, that's not cohesive to making money either. No. Like, obviously, yes, we need to have jobs on websites, and yes, we need to have social content, and yes, whatever, but those are all tick in the box. Like, if you don't have... That's the basics, that should be yeah. done. Yeah, yeah, that's like everyday stuff. Like, if you... If you're a recruit, if you own a recruitment business or you're a manager or a senior leadership or whatever, and you have one person in marketing, yeah. give them project like do project based work. Don't just go oh we need to do marketing because doing <laughs> marketing is not marketing. Like you think you need it, but actually what you really need is X Y Z. Yeah, you um, you you you've got an administrator doing some correct. tasks at the yeah. moment rather some than some poor girl answer. that's literally doing exit interviews like answering yeah. phones oh yeah. oh like, yeah can you update the instagram as well oh yeah please? oh crap i forgot to do it yeah it's just like that's <laughs> not it's not helpful to that person and it's not helpful to the business because yeah. neither one of you are getting anything out of it yeah um what kind of examples of best practice would you would you kind of have of the you know of stuff that you've done at finley james or you've seen elsewhere um on on any side of it whether it's the client client engagement piece, whether it's candidate attraction that, that Emma may have done, what, what kind of stuff's working at the moment? Just to go back to kind of the internal buy-in piece, yeah. I think probably we've, we've not quite implemented this, but I certainly think this is a best practice example. Um, and we're on the way to implementing this. Yeah. Um, for me, marketing in a recruitment agency specifically should be a profit center. It should be seen as a targeted team that has a number on the board that everyone 100%. can see and so not only does that get the consultants going bloody hell they've built like half a million quid this year and there's only two of them like we've got 10 people in our team or, mm. whatever, or whatever it is yeah um i think number one that i think is the most important thing Couldn't agree um more. and we're actually about to do that which is really cool it gives um, you accountability as well, though, doesn't it? Accountability, it, yeah, it yeah. gives you a goal, mm. I think, as well. Like, I'm certain, as a recruiter, I'm obviously goal-driven, and market, I think in marketing you have to be goal-driven as yeah. well. Um, whatever that goal is for you, for me, it's money. Yeah. Um, not person, well, personally, yes, I like nice things, but for the <laughs> business, it's money. I, I see, it might be a bit too assertive, but to me, Finlay James is my company, and yeah. if my company's not making money, I'm not doing my job properly. Yeah. Um, and that's just the way I am. I, I spend our money like it's my money. Great attitude, so, really yeah, good attitude. Yeah, I think you need to be. Um, yeah. So I can see the value in where we spend and where we don't spend and you know why have we spent a grand here, that's rubbish, we should be doing whatever. Um, so I think number one, that's probably my biggest example. And how, how you go, because I, I, I think that's integral, it's it's something that, that I've certainly done when I've worked for businesses. Yeah. Uh, you know, I always say that the best relationships I've probably had within recruitment businesses you know, aside from the teams and things that I've built, has been like with like finance directors and yeah. really understanding the numbers and yeah. how marketing can have an impact. So yeah. what's your kind of, what's the what's the process you're going through at the moment? Is it just understanding what you're doing, um, trying to work out how many placements you can affect? Yeah, or? I think at the, we're literally about to have our strategy meeting for the next year, like next week. Excellent. So this is, we're having this conversation prior to kind yeah. of hashing all that out, but I think... By the time it goes live, it'll be in place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, I think it's going to be one of those things where we need to figure out what our current kind of lead average amount is that's coming through our website or through cool. other marketing channels. And we track everything. So whether it's a candidate or client that's come through a social post or um, through a um, consultant's network or through the website, like every single thing is tracked down to like pages on our website. So whether they came through this pe this form, that form, whatever goal conversion they hit. And who's putting that on the CRM? 
marketing. Uh, <laughs> actually, a, a, Amelia just raised her hands in the air and done the double point. <laughs> no, actually, I, I tell a lie. The consultants put the source on the CRM, but we have to then put it into a database to figure out what the cost okay. per acquisition is. Um, so I think ultimately, to start with, we're going to look at where that money is coming from. Yeah. Um, figure out what the average per goal conversion is. Um, and then work from there and figure out, you know, roughly what we're aiming for for the year and then maybe punch a little bit above that because I don't want to be unrealistic, but at the same time, I want us to have like a pretty decent yeah. you know, and like say goal that to go th- there's, after. There's so much that we know that recruitment changes yeah. so quickly in terms of... And the, also Brexit. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't want to say the B word. <laughs> uh, sh- <laughs> but it's yeah. like the uncertainty. Like, so yes, we can make all these plans and stuff, but... Yeah, you've got... A pro- I, I think... I think I, I always kind of approach marketing with like theme based initially that that won't change, but you've got to be able yeah, to yeah. have milestones and then just sure. be be flexible to, yeah. to move them at, at certain points. Yeah. You, you can't have a, if you, if you, if you're today a marketer and you're building a marketing plan for 12 months, I think you're going to get disappointed at some point and yeah. you're going to get down because you're, you're just not going to achieve it. And if you are achieving it, then you're probably missing a lot of opportunities yeah. that are appearing throughout sure. throughout the year. You've got to go into that sprint mentality of yeah. 30, 60 day sprints now and again, but just keep that overarching yeah. thing. And I agree with that. Like the way I structure my days, it may be controversial, but I theme my days. That's so good. I don't really have to do lists. I have content themes. So Monday is social media day. So whether that's analyzing data, figuring out what the strategy is for the next two weeks, whatever. It's really interesting. Tuesday is like content day. So I'll smash out blogs like, finish up a few ebooks like whatever yeah. and then Thursday etc etc so it means that I'm not flip-flopping going oh shit I need to finish that and oh no someone's just sent me an email but I literally turn off my notifications and just focus on that and then intermittently check everything else yeah just because I feel like if you don't do that you end up doing a million things getting nothing done yeah and you you get you know I think we've all been there you get to the end of the day and you just think what have I yeah what have yeah. I done I, I know I haven't just been sitting here on my ass watching yeah. watching Netflix but you know but what have I actually done? Because you have just yeah. been flip-flopping between everything. Man, yeah. that's really interesting. Um, as you were saying, shifting us from a cost center to mm. a profit enabler is is a huge opportunity for marketers if they can if they can do it. What do you see as the other opportunities as marketers for, for us to have an impact within the industry? Well, or I mean, your business and the industry as a whole, really. Yeah, I mean, as a I mean, I can only speak from agency mm-hmm. background because that's all I know. Yep. Um, I think marketing adding value to clients is really an opportunity. Um, I think we're often seen as the department that's kind of behind the scenes facilitating sales, but actually we have so much knowledge that we can give to clients. How many times have you heard a recruiter go, for God's sake, like this fantastic candidate tier one match to my client's role <laughs> yeah looked at their money LinkedIn, candidate yeah, yeah <laughs> looked at their linkedin their website their careers page of the client and didn't want to proceed like if we as marketeers can educate our clients on linkedin on evp um, and be more of a frontline kind of enabler if you like yeah and educate them on how to nail these um you know, I think that's value add for them, but it's a great opportunity for marketing as well to get in front of, yeah. of everything, really. Cool. And I, I want to pick up on a on another topic because it, it, it ties into employer branding a little bit, but I know it is something we again we discussed um, before we started recording 
around um, culture fit. Haha. <laughs> 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 I know yes. you're quite passionate about that. I'm very about passionate that. about yeah. I think it's bollocks, culture shit yeah. is bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not a fit. Like it is a thing, and I think it's this blanket term that people use to give a diplomatic a diplomatic way of saying would I go for a beer with them yeah and going with a beer with for a beer with someone is great but if you're hiring a bunch of mini me's then what is that going to do for your business like I I get I get the you're limiting your growth you're limiting it yeah Yeah. I get the thought process behind it because I mean for since the 70s and 80s people have gone culture fit is the way to hire because if you think about it, a bunch of like-minded people for a like-minded goal, it makes sense, right? You don't want to rock the boat. And, mm-hmm. and if you're work, if that one way is working and it's working, you, yeah. why would you change it? But the problem with that is you end up having a bunch of people that have the same ideas, the same views, the same behaviors, same beliefs, same everything. And so culture fit for me is where innovation dies. Like, mm-hmm. how can you be innovative if everyone thinks the same? You can't. You yeah. have to have people from different back it's not about for me i mean we say diversity i think when people say diversity they think of like gender race religion whatever for me diversity is about diversity ideas. of thought yeah it's yeah. about ideas it's about a different approach to something different you know idea concept ideas like just throw stuffing stuff out on a wall and just even the craziest ideas just consider them because it might work mm-hmm. i've i know a, in our kind of little department emma and i are very very different people um we have very very different views on things and very different ways of doing things and actually we work so well together because i'll go what do you think about this and she'll go hmm i think da 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 and i'll go oh i, I didn't actually think of doing it that way yeah. or i couldn't really think of anything or, worse than working with someone like me yeah exactly <laughs> if i worked with me i would literally lose my shit because yeah. i'm really intense all i do is talk and i just ping stuff out like yeah. lightning speed which normally have spelling mistakes there's normally a grammatical error somewhere i have to re-edit my linkedin posts about 15 times to nail them because i'm i, I have to get stuff out so quickly and emma really helps me she's quite often like oh did you say that you spelt um, yeah. ship shit or like, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah yeah and i'm like thank god fags otherwise yeah. i would literally be like a mess but skills and you know not skills we we offset each other really well but we challenge each other and i think that's really important yeah i think like you say culture fit i i get it very early on in a business where maybe it is you know two three four five of you that you will have very similar people but like you say if that's all you want to be if you want to scale sustainably you have to address that and the problem is as humans our instinct is to connect with people with common backgrounds interests whatever that's just that's just our human nature so there's always going to be some kind of uncommon 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 unconscious bias in the hiring process and employees always but as long as we there's robots there's robots coming to to save us from that (laughs) as long as we acknowledge that it exists um, and try and put processes in place to address it, that should, in theory, drive more of an ad, a culture, what I like to call culture ad. Yes. You know, encourage diversity, encourage innovation. Yeah. I think uh, from from a marketing perspective as well, that's, you know, take it down to that microcosm of marketing is, I think that that's key because we, yeah. we need to, the recruitment marketing in general probably hasn't innovated, it hasn't, changed a huge amount it's only starting yeah. now 
people people are following each other and this is not even just within a company this is within an industry yeah. it's like oh the competitor's doing that we need to be doing that, that as well yeah i think we're probably one of the last industries that is yet to have a revolution yeah. like education arguably also um healthcare arguably maybe also there's a lot of false dawns of revolution based yeah. on technology but i was um you know de- depending on on when you're listening to this i was at Wreckfest um this year which is yeah. more more in-house focused and there was a great stat there that we're we're spending more and more money on technology and new systems and everything but getting exactly the same results as we did 10 years ago yeah so we're With kind of yeah so we're losing we're losing the the fact that it all comes down to that relationship and the building the relationship yeah. with the clients and candidates. We've got we've got to get that right first 100%. before adding on all the fancy stuff. It does make me laugh actually when you read things like um, recruitment is a dying industry. I had actually I don't normally get into arguments with people on LinkedIn, but yeah. I did get into an argument <laughs> with someone because I was like, "You are wrong." Like yeah. I am going to tell you why you are wrong. Yeah. This guy made some blanket comment about how recruitment's a dying industry and it's that been in dying 10 for about years, 30 years there's no yeah. there's going to be no recruiters. <laughs> and I was like if there's humans there is going to be recruiters. There's a reason why we have you know lawyers, solicitors, estate agents, whatever. Humans are unable to negotiate and and have that kind of interaction with the the person they're doing it with without a third party middleman. It's just mm. we're emotive creatures and so for Therefore, we need to have someone to help us manage that. It's yeah. just, there would be no need for any of those industries if, if recruitment wasn't needed. Do no, you know I what agree. I mean? But you know, in the UK alone, it's what thirty-seven billion pound industry. It's ridiculous. And there's the, what thirty-nine thousand agencies or something. Yeah. Twenty-seven thousand of which are like live-running companies. So yeah. you know, it's dying industry. Don't think so. I say yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, been, it's been dying. Well, certainly for fifteen years since I, yeah. I started. You know, Monster was killing it initially. Then then LinkedIn was killing it automation was killing it um i do think also a lot of companies have tried to go the automated route and then just figured that actually it's not really worked yeah so they brought it back i mean i'm as you know like this is how we've got connected i'm really big advocate for employer branding and having a bang on evp and all that kind of stuff but for me and this is my recruiter like past life hat on yeah if you don't nail the basics you can't do any of that stuff like completely we talk about Everyone talks about big data and the importance of it in, in recruiting and how it's the, the next thing and you know we all need to be focused on big data. If you're not focusing on your small data, like your you know CRM searches, proper, doing proper CRM searches and you know making sure your, your your consultants know how to look up on LinkedIn. I mean, I've I've seen people try and do really extensive Boolean searches on LinkedIn, which I know for a fact do not work anymore. So if you're not training your guys to do you know basic thing, basic searches on basic tools, how mm-hmm. can then you think that the technology that you're bringing in that's going to cost you a lot of money is going to do anything better what what would your kind of utopian kind of marketing function look like at finley james if you you know if you had all the consultants bought in using the crm well etc etc what would what would you love to do what like goal role for me yeah yeah i I just love employer branding like that's just my sweet spot i think you know, end or not even end goal, but my sort of trajectory for my career is probably head of marketing slash chief people officer type yeah. thing. I I'd love to marry the. I love that. I the, think that's really cool because I think yeah. it's important. It's yeah, so important. I, I'd love to marry the kind of candidate client and sorry, not client candidate and employee experience with marketing. And I think 
particularly in tech, which is obviously where Finlay James sit, we're a tech sales recruiter. Um, all of our clients have someone like that. Pretty mm. much all of our clients have someone like that within their business, whether that's the you know candidate engagement officer or chief people officer or chief happiness officer. Like they've all got yeah. some kind of name, but ultimately they all do the same thing, and that's engage candidates, engage employees, keep their workforce happy, um, figure out where the weaknesses are, figure out where strengths are, and. I mean, ultimately, everyone knows, like, if your employees are happy and content, they'll make your customers happy and content. Yeah. So it's about looking after home first, I, I think. Th- I th- I th- and I think that's, you know, it's a huge opportunity for marketers. And I, I'm, of course, going to be biased, and I've, I've said it a number of times on the show, but marketing, branding, it touches pretty much every single part of mm-hmm. any business, not mm-hmm. just recruitment. Um, you know, it touches internal recruitment. Yeah. It touches... The IT department touches finance because it, it is all based into that yeah. experience and what someone what someone feels about you. That's, that's interesting. Well, keep 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 watching this space, I suppose. Yeah, you, isn't it? see how it goes. Um, uh, it's always good to to find out the the things that don't go well and what you've kind of learned as well. Biggest cock ups. Biggest cock ups. God, so many. Which one? <laughs> <Gotta> learn, <laughs> which, learn. which one to pick? Yeah. Um, I think um, you know before we before we started recording, I was talking about our website. I think for me, um, some people might agree, and within the business, so I'm hope I'm not going to get in trouble for saying this, but <laughs> we spent a lot of money on big things too quickly, and yep. our website was one of those things. Um, we aesthetically it looks lovely yeah but the user experience is crap yeah and yeah there's just there's just i don't want to say crap that's probably the wrong word but it's it there's work to be done Done. on the website and it costs a lot of money to do and i think we'd actually should have probably done a lot more research um and a lot out the reason for what the website needs to do Mm. um before actually going oh this is i think i think what happened was we kind of went this is what we think it should do and this is what we think our customer wants i.e candidate client potential employee and actually that's not what they want and the statistics and google analytics data shows that so it's about kind of rectifying that and learning from that and figuring out you know what even down to how we lay out our front page and why you know some people convert and some people don't or or, you know heat mapping and all that kind of stuff so i think that's probably number one um, number two is we've just, I say just, in the last kind of six months we've implemented HubSpot. How many are we going up to here, Just Amelia? two. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll just give you my, my two, my yeah, two big ones. Um, no, HubSpot. I have been obsessed with HubSpot since I was a recruiter. Um, I love it. Some people don't. I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, so we implemented it just before I went on mat leave, mm-hmm. um, which was the worst decision I've ever made. Because um, that's a lot of money to throw at something when you have two weeks to not only train yourself get, on how getting to use HubSpot, it, yeah, not going on, on mat, mat leave. Yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah. the bad decision. Yeah, well, <laughs> arguably both. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, like getting it up and running, educating people on how to use it, getting internal buy-in. Because obviously, new technology can be quite not scary, but a lot of consultants know how they want to do things and they're comfortable with the way they're doing things and they don't really like any extra outside help. And yeah. so educating them on how to use HubSpot to get more leads and, yeah. to, and to, to you know start getting free income as far as I'm concerned um, was a challenge in itself. So trying to do that in two weeks before I went on mat leave was just like ridiculous. So hindsight, I would have waited um, until I'd come back, but now it's up and running it's fantastic. We've just done one of our first big outbound campaigns and smashed it. So it'd be really interesting. I think you know a lot of people 
have been considering you know automation yeah like, like say you can't you can't automate shit like we know we know that but i think a lot of marketers and they're probably even getting a little bit of pressure from up up above leadership yeah. saying oh we should be doing we should be doing automation without thinking why um but what are you using hubspot for so we use it it's hard it's, hard, it's one of those things isn't it we use it for clients candidates and potential employees so we have different it's not your crm though no no we don't use it as crm we use what do we use rdb okay yeah um so and we have marketing hub because hubspot has different yeah. obviously areas of the of the um software that you can use so we have marketing hub so that sits obviously on our website um mm -hmm. and it's linked back to google analytics and that kind of stuff yeah. so we're at the, currently using it for outbound and inbound stuff for clients and candidates mm -hmm. so um, pulling pulling the candidate and client information from rdb into hubspot both both gotcha. ways so inbound oh, they do stuff talk, yeah? yeah um no but we're trying to figure out to get yeah, them to talk that's the it's, challenge isn't it yeah. yeah that's a different entirely. <laughs> um no so we manage we basically say to the consultants who are you targeting? What are you working on? Where do, do you need searches. help? Do yeah. some searches, pull together a list, stick them on the in the contacts in HubSpot and then smash out outbound stuff. So that's one arm. Um, the other arm is the inbound side. So the SEO driven content or, you know, eBooks, um, blogs, yeah. uh, you know, CV template downloads, um, just That's touching cool. everyone every life cycle of a candidate or client that you possibly can and speaking to specific personas because we have employee personas and client and candidate personas we have so many personas it's crazy well so, like you were saying you, you have to though you have to if you don't <laughs> yeah. target your messaging then like what's the point yeah you can't have you can't a, speak to everyone and think everyone will listen like, or, you have and to yeah you can't person. have a, a white 21 year old living in london who's single because you know it's just there's a lot of other white yeah. 21-year-old single yeah, yeah. but with completely different mindsets, yeah, isn't exactly. it? exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's at the moment what we're using it for. Ultimately, I'd like it to sit on all of our brands. So yeah. we have Talent Scout, which is our grad, um, newly launched grad recruitment agency, which is kind of, we. it's part of the Finlay James group. It's a yes. completely different company, but we're all part of the same group. And then we have our US entity as well, which is in San Francisco. So... I'd ultimately, based on data that we pulled together and profits and you know ROI from the end of this year, I'd like to then get HubSpot implemented on both those mm -hmm. business arms as well. Um, but with just kind of two to four people, depending on how many people you count in marketing. Yeah. Well, it's getting the it's content, hard. isn't it, as well? You need yeah. the content. You need good content. And it's hard to manage just one website with that many people, let alone <laughs> three. Yeah. So, I we'll get there, but it's it's a learning process. Yeah, I think. sometimes you you kind of make a rod for your own back as well. If you like the campaign that you're you're speaking about now, for example, if that goes really successful for a you know for a team or yeah. a couple of individuals within the group, is that someone someone else sees it and they go, oh, we want that because yeah. uh, it's the nature. So, of, uh, so many other does. recruiters have downloaded our stuff as well, yeah. which I think is kind of vindication for me. I'm like, we're that good that other companies yeah. want to steal our stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I do it. I do it. Yeah. Stuff like that all, yeah. all the time just to see what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, they can't do anything about it. And, no, you know, I, I'm actually flattered that yeah. people do if, it. If, I'm they, not, if they copy and do it, I always say that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I'd rather be an innovator and a leader in our field than be, no offence, but looking... Yeah. ways to like I don't know copy or whatever like, yeah, you can I, take inspiration can't for you sure, but, for sure for sure yeah but it's like you need to someone's done it before you like it's you think, very well, rare that you're I the do first to add person to do something to yeah exactly yeah. just go above and beyond that yeah cool um, like when we're currently working on an EVP um, workbook which we're hoping to roll out in, in the next couple of weeks 
Um, and it's literally not an ebook, it's a workbook, like print it off or download it and type in. So it's basically a roadmap to figuring out what your EVP is and then okay, how to present that as a statement. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important. Like I know a lot of our clients, well not a lot, but some of our clients, if you ask them what is your EVP, they're kind of like, oh, I don't know. So, all about it. Yeah, yeah, so we're hoping that kind of triggers that thought process. And ultimately, if they're creating a fantastic EVP, it makes our life easier and it means that we can make more money. So it's not, it's not just pushing out content for content's sake, like it does affect everyone's bottom line. Yeah. If, if everyone can win, then that's perfect. No, I completely agree. Right, to, to, to wrap it up, and you haven't got these questions, so this is going to be interesting, always quite quick, quick fire last five. Um, one marketing tool or technology you couldn't live without? A phone. Oh, wow. That's yeah. interesting. I think it's the first, first person to say that. It's interesting. I, I just everything on it. Everything. I, I've got HubSpot app. I've got WordPress app. I've got every, like, your phone is the <laughs> gateway to your work. Like, yeah. I can do, I can, there is nothing I can't do from my phone that I could do from a computer. Yeah, and that's I, true. to me, that's that's like it's the best thing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, favorite brand? Ooh, that's a tricky one. I'm going to be really, really corny and say LinkedIn, oh, just wow. because I think they've nailed their customer brand. Nailed it, evidently, because how many million users do they yeah, have? Yeah. But I also think from the stuff that I'm passionate about, employer branding, all that kind of stuff, they've nailed that as well. So their employee-generated content is just spot on and the way they present it is just spot on and I think there's a reason why they're the leader in this field and I think it's because they've nailed both of those yeah oh, well, they've got the back in now with uh, Microsoft as well and now you can't yeah, see and them yeah and I was waiting to see what that did Changes, um, yeah. because quite often when you see acquisitions they just rip companies rip apart up. don't they but actually they seem to have really kept that that great branding across the board as no, well sound or noise that you love this is going to sound ridiculous, but you know when you pour a glass of champagne? <laughs> oh, wow, wow. It's a bit... We're, we're recording at like 11 o'clock in the morning, yeah. so it's a bit too early for no, champagne here. No, I love here. it. Just love it. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm not a big drinker, I promise. I drink like twice a month, but I love that sound. What profession, if you could choose anyone, would you like to give a go? Gosh, that's a tricky question. Um, many, many moons ago, I really wanted to be a TV presenter. Oh, well. Um, yeah. I can't think of anything worse now. Oh, I don't really? know. I just, I think you're right. You're getting in front of camera a lot more now. Yeah, but it's on my well. terms, isn't it? Yeah. No, I'm not doing it for someone else. I'm doing it for what I'm passionate about. Um, <laughs> yeah, or PR, I think. But my degree discipline was in PR and communications, and all my internships, and I was, you know, yeah, back when I was thought I knew everything was. Um, <laughs> it was we're in was in PR, um, and I loved it. But I think ultimately it would have been anything to do with people. I just love That's people, good. and good. I love facilitating people's lives like that's just what I what makes me tick favourite swear word oh it's got to be an F-bomb yeah There's nothing quite like we've scored quite a lot in this episode as well we've yeah. said a lot of other ones I swear this is very tame for me by the way I've had okay. to really reel it back some one of my colleagues said to me you're not going to be like you normally are, are you mean it's okay <laughs> I'm Australian so yeah we yeah. like to swear <laughs> cool and that wraps up another episode so thank you so much for coming on thank Aurelia. you so much for having me um as always, subscribe, like, share it, and all that, and all that kind of jazz. And I'll speak to you all next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.